As you know by now, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation. Plus CBD Daily Balance THC-free. Daily Balance is a daily use supplement that provides the benefits of CBD without the concern of other cannabinoids like THC causing unwanted effects. Daily Balance contains the purest form of hemp-derived CBD in high concentrations to help you overcome intense challenges to mental and physical well-being. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new Daily Balance THC-free line of oil, soft gels, and gummies. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're talking uh, freedom of choice in healthcare. Freedom of choice uh, for practitioners that you would like to work with uh, and freedom of choice in supplements and also freedom of choice in obtaining information about, uh, shall we say, innovative ways of meeting your healthcare challenges. Uh, that's all at stake in our current environment. Also, the environment itself is a big issue. Uh, one organization that's tackling that is an organization that I am proud to say that I'm president of. It is the Alliance for Natural Health. You can find them at anh-usa.org. With me today is the executive director of ANH, also uh, head of ANH International based in the UK. It's a global effort uh, in these areas. Uh, Rob for Kirk. Uh, Rob, it's a pleasure. Uh, let's keep going Great on the to be subject back, of yeah. Uh, let's keep going on the subject of uh, what we call informed consent. I think that that's a, an important issue because you know you go for like a medical procedure, uh, you know it's a routine medical procedure, but then you like have these pages and pages of fine print about what could go wrong, what could happen, you know, and you have to then you have to sign off. But what does that mean from the standpoint of A uh, and H's perspective? Informed consent. Why is that so important? So, informed consent is is a fundamental principle of medical ethics. It's actually been the principle has been around for thousands of years. Um, it, it has been kind of um, pushed under the umbrella of autonomy. This again, medical autonomy is a a, a, a concept that um, you know Beauchamp Childress, to to the key authors uh, of current contemporary medical ethics, you know, accepted by. AMA, the American Medical Association, even the US, in the U.S., they will say there are four fundamental principles that should follow in terms of a doctor-patient relationship. So autonomy is one of them, where essentially the individual is empowered with information to make suitable choices that are relevant to their needs and their circumstances. And it's, it's very interesting when, when you look at how in the event of a public health emergency of international concern, a PHEIC, the term that the World Health Organization use, what, what we're seeing increasingly is that autonomy being stripped from the individual. And ironically, it's even being removed from the physician 
So the physician is now in a position where he or she is having to look over his or her shoulder at what the institutions are saying. So it's the exact opposite of it. So within that whole um, issue of, of um, autonomy comes this notion of informed consent. And that is about having the relevant information for making a specific healthcare choice written into all of the um, background in medical ethics on that is also this idea of um, being able to weigh up relevant alternatives. So, you know, say you have, for example, knee osteoarthritis and you approach your physician, a physician would not be offering informed consent if they said, look, we're just going to give you oral steroids or, you know, injected steroids or whatever. They would, they would need to weigh up all of the situations. So, you know, one of the things that we see in a non-holistic health system is, you know, particularly in a world where we see metabolic syndrome off the scales, excuse the pun. But, um, you know, if that individual, for example, is carrying too much weight, Ron, you know, as a doctor, that that weight in that individual is going to be aggravating the problem. And so um, in order to offer informed consent, they would have to also address the morbid obesity, for example, if that was the case of that individual. And they would need to look at a range of science-based alternatives. And, you know, this this complexity, particularly when we see it in the window of a seven or a ten minute consultation, is just not happening. Um, and um, and of course, on in addition to that, we're seeing, you know, a shift away to a kind of a, a, a tram track approach, which is you know basically you know diagnose. Um, look at the symptoms, diagnose a disease, and 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 offer a pill for that ill. Well, you know, um, I'll tell so you from, from my very, perspective very as a physician, what we're seeing is the advent of uh, EMRs, electronic medical records. And basically, when you encounter yep. a patient, you're spending more time staring into a screen. I have, I have foregone the EMR in my practice, so I'm a, a pen and paper practitioner. Uh, but what happens yeah. when you stare into a screen, you know, you actually can plug in some information. Uh, and with the advent of AI, uh, you may get uh, a series of options, option A, B, C, and D, uh, or uh, a directive that this is such and such is the correct therapy. Initiate statin therapy immediately or uh, initiate, uh, you know, pharmaceutical blood pressure control immediately. And these, these suggestions may be warranted. Were it not for a wealth of natural alternatives that may preclude the necessity for this, what I call paint by numbers medicine, uh, and that yeah. and that I think is increasingly uh, threatening uh, informed consent because we really have to lay out an all of the above approach uh, for our patients, and because of the dictates of modern medicine, the time constraints, and you know the. Uh, mechanization of the process, uh, there's yep. less and less of that. And that's what we are struggling to uphold. It's uh, yes, that I mean, that happens because the medical system has been captured, it's been captured by um, 
a corporate lobby that has a particular set of products it's got in it and that that is one of the fundamental um um you know priorities in nh is to shed a light to be able to show i mean it's one of the reasons i just quoted the stats saying that you know an individual socioeconomic status is is close to 50 percent of all of the outcomes are related to that um you know it was interesting when when uh, lance armstrong set up live strong a lot of people were somewhat perturbed this is of course before yeah he, he was found to to be uh, involved in uh, blood bags and doping and everything else but um he he set up live strong specifically for families who had cancer in order to provide some continuity of their financial circumstances because you know if the main income earner has been taken up with cancer and cancer treatment um you know we we, we tend to when we look at a health problem we look at it so deeply within that health silo even though we know that the social and environmental determinants you know from all of the public health work that's been done are probably much more important than the medical determinants and yet we just remain in that in that trap that that wheelhouse of of pharmaceuticals and so once we blast that door open and say there is a really good body of evidence once you start bringing in um, psychology that you know, look at behavior change. Behavior change is an extremely complex subject. Um, and again, we've seen it used amazingly effectively during this pandemic period. You know, in many ways, this this pandemic between, you know, 2020 and 23 um, has been um, an eye-opener in terms of what's to come you know it's fast-tracked a bunch of processes that might have taken 15 mm. years to come and because we've seen it happening so rapidly we can see the bits that we think might really be useful i mean let's i mean ai needn't be all bad it's just if the kind of programs that underpin ai in the example that you've just given only relate to offering options that are pharmaceutical that doesn't really reflect the overall body of the science when we know that social, environmental, um, dietary, lifestyle determinants of health are, are absolutely crucial. So, For, for yeah, instance, there, I was a, just in uh, Costa Rica and I did a, a marvelous uh, tour of uh, the tropical rainforest with a couple of very gifted uh, naturalists. And one exactly. of the things they were saying is that there are one of the reasons for preserving the forest is, yes, it's very aesthetic and it's a nice thing for tourists. And yes, there is, you know, carbon capture uh, and there's also a great deal of uh, moisture retention within the forest. So it's very important for the health of the planet. But it's also a repository of nature's secrets. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of the medicines we rely upon are actually based on nature. And with AI, what we can do is we can more rapidly look at the chemical structures of, say, honey. There's a species of bee that make a honey that is renowned for its antibiotic properties. The fur of the tree sloth that is indigenous to Costa Rica, uh, it has a microbiome which contains potent antibiotics and antifungals. And with AI we can sometimes rapidly screen 
for properties within these variegated chemicals, because they're usually not solitary chemicals, there's usually a suite of chemicals uh, that can provide us with uh, answers to some of our more challenging uh, medical conditions. So yes, AI is is a mixed blessing. Okay. What I wanted, to, what I wanted uh, uh, to say though is, you know, for people who may say, well, you know, okay, AI is a, an organization that basically is is protesting uh, encroachments on our uh, access to healthcare, and and that's fine. But A and H is also about offering people helpful lifestyle advice. And what are some of the themes that we're talking about these days? You know, news that are. Uh, subscribers to anh-usa.org can use in their daily lives. Well, look, the the, the if if you look at diet is is a great place to start, um, and um, you know from a from a dietary point of and view. And you've written a marvelous um, book about that. We we've written a book called Reset Eating. That's all about how you kind of reset your metabolic set point. We we've. Essentially, we've, there are so many aspects of our lives now that are, and our genome that is maladapted to the modern environment in which we live. And it's, you know, it's interesting if you look at um, even something like uric acid. You know, everyone knows about uric acid and elevated uric acid being associated with gout. And you form these uric acid crystals that can be incredibly painful. But we're seeing this rise of uric acid levels and. Um, you know, what do we do about that um, when when we see that um, high levels of uric acid um, are directly, then they're, they're not just a, a product of having metabolic syndrome, they're actually a driver of insulin resistance and, and metabolic syndrome. And, and thanks to the works of Dr. Syndrome. David uh, Perlmutter in the book uh, Drop Acid, you know, who has been a frequent guest Correct. here on Intelligent so Medicine. He's, he's, we know that high uric acid, it actually... It's, it suppresses the metabolism. It is actually the thing that rises dramatically in hibernating animals before the long winter so that they can store fat. And when we drive up our uric acid, we in, in effect become uh, hibernating bears uh, with accumulation of body fat. But there's no winter hibernation to, uh, <laughs> to let us draw down that but we, fat. But what, what's really interesting is that there's also a hormetic response. So if you look at, say, someone who has Alzheimer's, t tell me, have you ever seen an Alzheimer's patient with gout? No, and I agree with Parkinson's you. It is a potent patient. antioxidant. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. pointing that out. So, yes. so, so the other side of it, mm -hmm. as we see, if you look at the, the people who suffer from too low a uric acid. We, they have we neurological have the diseases. I, I've noticed that. It's exactly. It's, yes. So it's a neuroprotectant. Yeah. Um, Parkinson's. You know, uh, and Alzheimer's absolutely related to to very low. So, um, when you look at plant secondary chemicals, the same thing applies. That that we there is this particular sweet spot that we have evolved to be exposed to, and our lives today basically increasingly take us away from from that kind of sweet spot in terms of the these things we call you know plant secondary compounds that we used to think of. Um, in terms of my research as a scientist, we, we thought of them as natural pesticides. We, I, in fact, one of the reasons that I set up ANH is because I took an interest in the, in the work, particularly looking at, at um, plant compounds from brassica vegetables, the cauliflowers, cabbages, you know, broccoli, etc., and, um, and could see that they had very pronounced um, anti-cancer 
effects. We could also see that they were very strong signalers. They are what we'd like to think of them now as as ecochemicals. They 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 have this ability to communicate at specific dose ranges to the world around us. And so one of the things that we need to really understand if we want to be healthy is what kind of levels and what kind of form do these compounds need to be in. And the more we understand about chemical compounds, the more we understand that nature does something really clever with the the way it forms molecules. They're not just a collection of atoms that sit in a, in a particular form the way we see them when we look at the structural chemistry of these molecules. They have a specific resonance and a specific feature. As we move now into the realm of biophysics, um, we start to see um, biochemical molecules and natural molecules in a very different way. So if you, we, we know this even in conventional science. If you change the the physical um, configuration of an aspirin molecule, it behaves very, very differently. Um, so that configuration change comes with a change in the resonance, and that, that, that resonance, every single um, piece of matter vibrates and resonates to a specific tune. And you're, more you're, verging, we understand into, you're verging into one of our uh, campaigns because uh, over there across the pond uh, in your fair country, uh, Bonnie Prince Charles, now uh, King Charles, uh, is mm -hmm. in trouble uh, with an unspecified uh, cancer. We can speculate cancer. about what that yeah. is. And uh, he is a big fan of homeopathy. And he is much maligned in uh, the national health system, the NHS, uh, or the National Health Service, because he's espousing what is uh, termed quackery. But one of our campaigns, uh, 888H, is to support uh, a robust uh, homeopathic uh, practice arena, uh, because we believe that it is of value. So what it, say you it, to that? It, because it, you've actually laid the groundwork for an understanding of how that might work. Yeah, so so de definitely, you know, homeopathy is a form of frequency medicine, there's no doubt. Um, when we look at the evidence base, th this is the astonishing thing. I mean, put in, um, if, 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 you, if you ask ChatGPT what it thinks about the evidence base on homeopathy, it comes up with an answer that's entirely incorrect. It says there is no evidence to support, actually, if we use the... The, the most well-established rule for evaluating evidence-based medicine through the evidence-based medicine hierarchy and look at randomized controlled trials and then meta-analyses and systematic reviews of these RCTs, you'll see that actually um, there is a consistent tendency for um, a positive effect that's greater than placebo, which is actually more than you can say for the majority of pharmaceuticals. I mean, you know, the... the, the uh, there, there was a journal, a BMJ spin-off journal called Clinical Evidence that they had to shut down that was busy evaluating. You may remember it. They, mm -hmm. They'd basically evaluated over 3,000 treatments by the time they closed the whole thing down. Mm -hmm. They'd found that only 9% of them right. show um, clear benefit. So let's remember that, that there are a lot of drugs on the market and there are a lot of treatments out there that are claimed to be effective when actually the, the evidence is wanting. So homeopathy, surprisingly, 
comes out pretty well when you look at the mm. high quality um, studies. There, there was one big study, Shang et al., um, in 2005 that um, had one particular trial in it that biased it that was that was not positive, but but four out of five of the meta-analyses have have been positive. The, the I, I guess the, that we the have. Biggest- Excuse me. The, the biggest knock on homeopathy is that, it, uh, from critics of homeopathy, is that it might dissuade people uh, from seeking uh, proper quote proper medical care. But I have not found that in consumers of, of natural uh, products. Uh, generally, uh, they're very attuned to both areas arenas of medicine, uh, the high tech uh, medical realm, uh, as well as the natural medical realm. Uh, it's just that they uh, are selective and they want to sometimes uh, avoid the side effects, uh, the downsides uh, of conventional treatments. Uh, and and yep. they're not going to be shy about visiting a doctor for a healthcare problem uh, that doesn't respond to some natural intervention. I don't, I don't think there's great peril there. No, look, it, exactly. It, it is a matter of choice. The 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 evidence is there. I I think the the problem that the mainstream critics of homeopathy tend to have is that they cannot cope with the if you like the logic of it. Mm-hmm. So you'll see them consistently repeat and repeat rather than going to the meta analyses, which is really what they should be doing. They go back to look at the fact that there is no active molecule that the dilution is has occurred to such an extent that they you know if you you run a, a gas liquid chromatograph off it you you might find that you don't find the molecule at mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. and therefore they assume that it cannot work because they're still lost within a classic you know um, toxicological pharmacological model of understanding um, biochemistry Mm-hmm. The difference, uh, as Montagnier was amongst the first to show, is that um, there is memory. So, the, by the way, the, the founder of the, uh, actually the discoverer of AIDS, uh, Luc Montagnier, who right. has since become controversial because he actually is an advocate of uh, homeopathy. Yes, um, I, I, I did actually speak at a meeting um, with him at the Royal Society of Medicine Um when we were looking specifically at the the science of water and um and that was also a, a kind of lens into homeopathy so we had um people like montagnier there we we also had um gerald pollock who you may mm. know from uh, um, washington university in seattle who's been right. uh, done all the work on easy e- water structured on, on water so structured water. water yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That sh- showing that basically water within biological systems behaves in a completely different mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. Um, and has the capacity to retain huge amounts of information. Silicon Valley is kind of onto this already. Maybe we're going to call Silicon Valley one day Water Valley because they already have determined that water has a much greater capacity to retain information than silicon does. Um, mm. And so, um, you know, future computers may be water-based. Um, and it's no surprise that all living systems are basically majority water mm-hmm. because um, water really is is a matrix that carries information with it. Um, even if we look at the way in which nucleotides assemble in terms of, um, you know, how, how uh, one ca- carbon metabolism, how life is formed and, and DNA and nucleic acids are formed, um, the attraction of 
CT and GA, the four key nucleotides that make up the code of life, um, put them in a Faraday cage and you'll find that they are attracted to, in, to each other independent of any environmental mm -hmm. stimulus. And so there's more to, uh, to be, there's more to H2O than two molecules of hydrogen and one molecule, uh, mm -hmm. one atom or mm -hmm. one atom of uh, oxygen. A whole, uh, a whole lot more. So in conclusion, I know this is a challenge in the remaining couple of minutes we have left. <laughs> How could we take back our healthcare system? What can empowered listeners well, to intelligent you know, medicine do? I, th I think the, f the first thing we can do is actually kind of live the dream. L we need to be able to make sure that we are able to make choices that we want to make. The, we, we have to have autonomy as, as the first choice. And I think anyone who's struggling to be able to make that choice because a product or a service is no longer available or a, an agency has said, sorry, guys, you can't do this. You can't say this. You can't have that. That is a signal to say you've got to become an activist. And, um, you know, if, if, you, if you look at um, how systems become ever more authoritarian, that is a general trend that we're seeing around the world. It only happens when people sit on the sidelines and watch it all happen. So um, we would really appeal to people to say, if you're having a problem making the choices that you want to make for yourself, your loved ones, your families, your, your friends, you need to stand up and be counted. Um, you need to engage in the action alerts that we're putting out. We'd ask that people subscribe to our newsletter. We have nearly every week an action alert of one form or another. Um, that's a key way in which our voice is heard. So when we, we've actually just got together with a group of seven other organizations um, in, in America in order that we can have more of a common voice so we we're one of the key grassroots organizations some of the others are involved in in you know more the trade side in, in products or services um natural grocers you know which has a you know 70 natural grocer chains organic is, is products very heavily involved yeah very very concerned with what's uh, happening this is part of a kind of boil the frog slowly um, process. So, you know, you, you may think you're okay now or you're okay last year, but you've got to look at what's in the wings. And um, that's what we're looking at 24-7. And it is really disturbing the kind of plans. In our view, there is no doubt that they are trying to remove an increasing number of fundamental freedoms that will make it ever harder for us to make those natural choices. And we believe those our fundamental right we have a fundamental right to connect with nature and use the products of nature to maintain our health and frankly we're going to have to fight for it well that is very well well and uh, eloquently stated and so uh, a reminder to our listeners go to uh, ah usaorg uh, and uh, the website for ANH international is linked but give it out please yeah, it's ANH International, no dash between it, ANHinternational.org. Okay. And there you will find peculiar spellings of words like labor, L A B O U R. Uh, there's not that much difference except for the, you know, yeah. idiosyncratic you, spelling that some people persist you'll find in. That you'll using. find a very big repository of, of health related information on the international one. Uh, the US, we've been very, very involved in the political domain. 
Part of that is because you already have a very well-established integrative medicine community that does lots of education um, that already has a, you know, it is the R&D capital, if you like, for natural health in the U.S. So we've, we've been much more involved in the, in the um, political system. It, for international, where we're based in, in Europe, the system has already wreaked havoc and has already broken up and prevented a lot of doctors from practicing integrative medicine. So we've taken a much bigger role um, in the educational area. So if you want information, um, NH International is very useful, got very, very big. On possible. the other hand, I will We've point out that Europe has a very uh, deep tradition of reliance on natural medicine in countries like uh, Switzerland and Germany uh, and throughout uh, Europe. And then, of course, and even uh, frequency medicine and even homeopathy. But, but you know, just, just last year, the German government have been pressured to prevent mainstream doctors if they want to keep their license they've got to stop practicing homeopathy yikes they've been practicing it for for, for over 100 years closer to 200 years um and they're now being told they can't do it so um the pressure is really on in europe as well they're, they're shortly about to bring through legislation that we've been at the forefront of, of stopping to try and limit levels of micronutrients of vitamins and minerals yeah um and to give you an idea the kind of level they want to bring b6 down to a level that's substantially less than 10 milligrams a day and and uh some uh, uh bureaucrats and legislators in the united states are envious of this draconian european model and they want to bring it stateside and we're saying uh that's not that's not what america's all about is uh, weird. Yeah, we'd say bring bring the, you know, when it comes to environmental chemicals, because of this precautionary attitude, so, some of this goes back to the history of the precautionary principle, you know, when there is scientific doubt, take the measure mm -hmm. that is the most stringent. So it kind of works quite well when you're looking at um, environmental chemicals, you're looking at, uh, we have very high population densities, dioxin have a lot of industry. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, or even PFAS. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, but but you then should not apply that very restrictive approach when it comes to things that are patently safe, mm -hmm. healthy, and really good for us that we should be eating in larger amounts, not small. Well, Rob, amounts. that's one of the reasons why we uh, seceded from uh, uh, the uh, British Empire back in 1776. Uh, you know, we. Uh, Found that your, regulation, your regulations were too onerous for us, so uh, we hope. Well, we, uh, and, that, and and your founding fathers built the most remarkable constitution, and now is the time to fight for that constitution because um, the current administration doesn't appear to have a great respect for it in certain areas. All right. Well, thanks, Rob, very much for joining us. And you know, we're going to bring you back frequently because uh, you always have so much to contribute. Uh, you are a point-and-shoot expert on a wide variety of topics, and uh, we want to bring people uh, updates on the activities of uh, an important organization, the Alliance for Natural Health. Uh, thanks very much for all that you do. You are a human dynamo. And uh, bon voyage as you travel to uh, yet another exciting conference to disgorge your knowledge in NOLA in New Orleans. And uh, beware Thank of, you so much. Beware of all that rich food. I know you're, you're going to be yeah. uh, sampling some of it. Just selectively. I, I will definitely. Yeah, exactly. Ron, it's been a real pleasure talking to you as always. Indeed. Thank you. That was Rob for Kirk. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 
I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything Intelligent Medicine has to offer, including frequently updated, unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com.